At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. Hey, what's up guys? So listen, I wanna take you through my last service call that I did. Well, not my last service call, but service call I did last week that kind of got me all in a bit of a knot, kind of got me tensed up and stressed out because things did not go the way I wanted them to. And traditionally, when you do some things and the end result doesn't produce what you want, you get frustrated. And I think we've all been in that situation. That's why I want to go through this call with you guys. And, and I posted it all up on social media, but I didn't come back and give you an update on what happened. I did within the post to, to some people that were asking and to some people that messaged me directly, but I didn't give up a full explanation on what happened. But before I do, I just want to go through the tip that I posted uh, the other day as well about using a vacuum pump on certain brazes to help um, not breathe in fumes, not light fires, so on and so forth. Now, it was kind of controversial. I know a lot of people said they've done it. A lot of people said they haven't, and you shouldn't because it's wrong. It's going to kill compressors and just blanket statement after blanket statement. So th this is the tip, okay, and if, if you didn't see it on social media. And I've been in this situation a few times, and this is where I've implemented it. This is not something you're going to do every time you braze, okay, I wouldn't suggest it. It's going to be something you do that's, it's, it's a solution to a problem, basically application specific, okay? So let's say you cut open a condenser coil. Let's say it's a large unit. Let's say 20 tons or something like that. And in that condenser coil, there's a leak. You're trying to fix it. You cut it open um, or you cut away the portion of the pipe that's leaking and you have constant oil just kind of pouring out just pouring out as you're trying to brazen the new fitting or, 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 or whatever, right? What I've done in the past, and it's worked wonders, is I hook up my vacuum pump to the system with gauges or whatever and just pull a vacuum while I'm brazing up that, that one fitting. That is going to pull back the oil from the fitting. It's going to pull back any refrigerant that's boiling out of the oil still. Now, a lot of people say, well, if you recover the system properly, you won't have any refrigerant. You shouldn't have any pressure in there. Well, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but if you re recover all the refrigerant from a system, it's down to zero. Yes, whatever. You cut that system open. If you look closely at the piping that's open to the atmosphere, you can see those fumes kind of leaving. You can see that, that vapor because the, the air behind it or the, the scenery behind that is kind of all, all foggy. And if you look closely, it's because those fumes are constantly leaving. On a large system, there could be refrigerant boiling out of that oil for hours afterwards. And, and that's going to build up. And especially if you have the system enclosed with a fitting, I know it's not brazed up yet, but if that fitting is on there, now it has a chance to build and build um, some more pressure because you've, you've kind of closed up the system, if you will, without putting a braze on there. So the tip, pull a vacuum 
on that braze. It'll pull back the oil so it's not shooting out and, and causing fires. And it's not causing you to breathe in those fumes because you're not burning the refrigerant. Now, obviously, if you're working with R22, it's got chlorine in it. You can cause phosgen and you breathe that in. It's not good. Now, the newer refrigerants don't have chlorine, but if you light it on fire and breathe it in, I don't know what the chemical reaction is or if, if there's even a name for the chemical that you're going to create, but I'm sure there is, and I'm sure it's not good for your body. So this is just to protect you and to protect things around you. You don't want to light a fire. Um, and this vacuum pump tip will help with that. It's one or two brazes. You're not going to do it for everything. And it's just a bit of a protection um, measure that you can use. Anyway, on to my call. So pull up to the call and I go in and I ask for the trend logs of the freezer because over a couple of days they were having some issues. And if you look at the trend logs, you can easily spot issues and when they're happening and what time and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, they were having problems um, maintaining temperature because the trend log was, was down here, but looking at the trend log from when the problem started was up there. So the freezer was running warmer. Not too much warmer, but two, three degrees warmer. And we're talking about degrees Celsius here because this is a, a Canadian pharmaceutical site. So I go up to the first unit, um, which is the primary unit, which was having trouble getting the, uh, the space to temp. Now I noticed that one was short of gas. Um, fixed the leak. Wasn't anything major. There was a couple of fittings and stuff that were that were they were leaking out some oil around it and fixed that charged it up wasn't missing a lot of gas but it was missing some charged it up okay that got it running i went over to the other unit just to have a quick i thought the problem was solved i thought it was oh yeah it's that system short of gas it's got to be the problem i thought the problem was solved but i'm like let's go over and look at the other unit anyway just to see what's going on so i open up the panel and i look inside and i notice that it's not in defrost but the defrost contactor is pulled in and so are the fan contactors. So I check with my amp probe and they're actually, the heaters are actually drawing amperage. So we're actually throwing heat out into that space. So I pulled out old faithful yesterday. I saw old faithful is my Tesla 316-3. The thing has found every single leak I've tried to find. It's never failed me yet. There's on a TX valve uh, cap where the stem was. Um, my coworker, his leak detector will go unnamed, but he found he couldn't find the leak where the, the one that I found. Uh, he's like, "Let me check," and he checked it and he couldn't find it. it didn't go off. The Tesla three one six three did. Used some nylog on the threads afterwards. Tightened that cap back down. Rechecked, leak was gone. Two of my faves right there. Um, I will always say good things about th those two products because they're just fabulous and very dependable. Um, another one, Navac NRDD recovery machine, fastest machine on the market as far as I know. Um, 15 pounds and 12 minutes of R22. Um, oversized condenser. The fan moves super, super fast on that thing. It's like moving a ton of air to keep the machine cooler. And that's one of the reasons it can recover so fast is because it's kept a lot cooler right um xy technologies guys i'm going to leave the landing page link in the podcast notes you can check it out um if you're if you're not an owner you're not a, a manager within a company and you want to try it 
it's easy for you to do. You just use that landing page. They'll provide two techs within your company, yourself and a coworker. They'll open the floodgates to the technology for you. Show it to your boss. Show them how it's working. If your boss likes it and he signs up, $500 back to you cash because you're the one that signed up and brought the idea forward. So check it out, guys. The landing page link will be in the podcast summary. True Tech Tools, 8% off your purchase. The Testo promo code is coming back. The know-it-all promo code is going to work for Testo. In the new year, we're going to open up the floodgates on that and just bring that info um, to you guys once again so you can go purchase Testo products without using the preferred pricing link. Just use the know-it-all code. Back to the service call. This segment of the podcast is brought to you by Harago, a trades-only platform helping you find the right job or the right candidate. Harago.com best in trade. So no wonder they were having problems keeping the the temperature in the box. We had a system that was short of gas and then we had the other unit that was throwing heat out into the space because the heaters were powered up at all times. So I could smell a little bit of burning. I shut that unit down. Um, The burning I, I smelt around the time clock. So I pulled it out, looked at the back of the time clock and the the defrost termination coil was melted. So I went out and got another one, all right, um, put it in, and it was, I powered it up just quickly to see what would happen. As soon as I powered up, I heard like little crackles and pops from the new time clock. So I shut the power off right away. And by the way, when I, when I put the new clock in and when I turned the power on, that defrost contactor pulled in again. So... I put the post out onto social media and I'm like, hey guys, what do you think? Let's talk about this. And I'd say the majority of the people were like, yeah, check the defrost termination switch. And it's the only other thing that's in the circuit that could be potentially causing this problem. So before I came back to the site, I picked up a new defrost termination switch because I was going to go pull the other one out. And while it's out, if there's a problem with it, I'm going to put the new one back in. I might as well have it with me. So that's what I did. I went into the freezer. I pulled out the defrost termination switch. And what I did was, is I checked the new one. I let them, them I let the, the one that was in the freezer kind of acclimatize to room temperature outside the freezer. And I checked them both against each other. And they both were the same. They both had a closed um, position and an open position on the same wire. So I'm like, hmm, this seems odd that I don't think this is the problem but I changed it anyway because I had it out. I've got a new one here. It was only like 30 bucks or 33 bucks for the new one. Might as well put the new one in while I'm here. So put it in, went back upstairs and I'm like, well, maybe, maybe when it was in the freezer, it was acting up. Maybe it was the problem. So I turned on the condensing unit again, boom, contactor for the, (laughs) the defrost pulls in again. So now I'm starting to get extremely aggravated and when I checked when I checked resistance across the switch that was supposed to be open on the defrost time clock it was closed I'm like well that doesn't make any sense right because it's supposed to be open because it's not calling for defrost so I pulled all the wires off and I checked that same uh, switch again and now it was open and when I turned the defrost the mechanic the paragon 
mechanical defrost clock when I turn it and initiate defrost it closes when it comes out of defrost it opens without any wires connected so I'm like there's some sort of back feeding going on here through the wiring so that's when I decided to say hey maybe somebody's been here maybe something happened with the wiring I'm going to start from scratch and go through the wiring diagram so that's what I did and that's when I found the problem so this is why you should never assume just because the unit's been there for a while and it's been running for a while that nobody's been there and screwed around with the wiring. So I found that the, the contactor for the compressor, it's supposed to have two auxiliary switches. Okay, The auxiliary switch is what they're supposed to do. The first one powers up the crankcase heaters when the compressor's off, or the crankcase heater and the heater for the receiver. So they're supposed to be on all the time. When that contactor pulls in, that auxiliary switch opens up and kills power to the heaters. The other auxiliary switch was supposed to send power over to the um, the defrost the defrost contactor when it was in defrost. And if the contactor pulls in for the compressor, it opens up that auxiliary and it will kill the defrost um, contactor coil. So it pulls out and it doesn't continue to heat while the compressor's on. So what I found was is that there was only one auxiliary tied in. Not two, just one. And there's supposed to be two. So because there was only one, what had happened is the power coming down, the constant power coming down that's supposed to power up, the crankcase heaters was paralleled into the contactor coil for the defrost, for the defrost contactor. So anytime there was the power was applied to the system, that contactor would pull in. So it was paralleled power over because of a, a wiring mishap. So I went out to the supplier. I picked up two brand new auxiliary switches and separated those two circuits and the problem went away. So that was the call, right? And um, it's funny because everybody was like, yeah, it's a defrost termination switch, but it was fine. And then after I changed it because I pulled it out, I still had that problem now all ideas are out the window right now now you got to start from scratch and start fresh and this is why it's very important to have a very strong fundamental fundamental basic principle stuff on wiring because when shit hits the fan you need to understand that wiring diagram and you need to be able to follow it and a lot of times they put um, the colors of the wires in the diagram or the numbers of the wires in the in the diagram but sometimes those those numbers those labels they get cut off sometimes people run new wires that are not the colors that are within that diagram so you really need to you really need to to know diagrams well in order to troubleshoot well that was the call i just wanted to give you guys a heads up and an update on it um things aren't always as they appear guys and and i'm glad that once i fixed that first unit i went over to the second unit just for shits and giggles to see what's going on maybe there's something wrong with this one too because I, I could have walked away and the problem still would have kept happening okay so always look at the big picture guys um don't focus in on one thing always look at the big picture and um when you do that you'll get a larger a larger scope of, of what's happening within that system anyway guys that's it i'm out happy hvacking